With Hashem's loving grace, we're now in the part three of Torah six, part one of Likutei Moran, Torah six. Uh, Torah six is that we say in Likutei Moran, Torah means discourse, discourse six. But uh, each Torah is because Rabbi Nachman takes the whole Torah and boils it into a specific subject. He wants us to learn Torah six is a significant, it's a salient Torah, it's a Torah for life. And we're going to learn it slowly. This is Torah 3, but hold on. Uh, this is part 3. Uh, it's going to take us another at least four or five uh, lessons to finish this because it's so very important. In other words, we have in uh, the spiritual Newton, what comes up, what comes down, what comes up, comes down. And you can't have, you have everything has an equal and opposite reaction. Every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction. Where did Newton get this from? This is a principle. You have to understand all the principles in the physical world, all the principles in physics, they come from principles in metaphysics, spiritual physics, because this is ingrained in the way Hashem created the world. In other words, imagine... Uh, What's weightlifting call, called? Late weightlifting is called resistance training because a person can't build muscle without putting resistance on, on the muscle. So what happens when a person works out in the gym, he has these micro tears in the gym and he tears his muscles, micro tears, microscopic tears of the muscle fiber. And then the muscle heals and the muscle attracts more blood. The muscle becomes stronger and it becomes bigger and more dense. And that's the muscles become bigger and stronger. Now, this doesn't happen without resistance. That's why weightlifting and proper fitness jargon is called resistance training. The same thing goes for our souls. We cannot attain a higher spiritual level being a couch potato, eating potato chips, or licking chocolate ice cream. It doesn't work like that. The only way we could do that is by shuva, which is cleaning ourselves, assessing ourselves, accepting what Hashem sends us. Hashem doesn't send us punishments. You have to understand, everyone in this group, maybe we're not talking about a person who, heaven forbid, is a criminal or a denier. We're talking about people that are seeking Hashem. Now, the classic classic question I get asked, I don't know how many times a week, uh, Rabbi, I'm doing everything I want to, everything I, I, I could possibly try to get close to Hashem. And I've got this problem, I've got that problem, I've got that problem. You plug in, plug in your own problem. Why does Hashem do that to me? Can you imagine a U.S. SEAL in hell week in his final graduation? And he says, I'm doing everything for my country. And why are they throwing me in the water? And why are they made dunking? And they're taking my oxygen away. And they're, they're, they're doing all this thing. and making jump out of a plane at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and they're doing all these difficult things to me. <laughs> because you're about to be one of the U.S. elite forces. And you can't be one of the U.S. elite forces if you don't do rigorous training because that won't prepare you for war. It's eating chocolate ice cream. This is the same thing. We are in, says our sages and ethics of the fathers, a more difficult war than any world war because we are in a constant battle until 120 years old. And since we say bye-bye and we close the checkout from this world, from this fiscal world, in a constant pitch battle with the evil inclination. And this is a difficult battle because the evil inclination, Hashem gives us an evil inclination that is equal power to our soul and a little bit stronger because we're humans and he's an angel. Okay, now why do people say, so? so no, I can't do this. Because people are looking in Western mentality, they're looking for path of least resistance. Rabbi Nachman says he can't have path of, path of least resistance. So Hashem is giving you, you maybe think you're close to Hashem, but you're down at level 45. Hashem knows you could be level 92. So no, get, get up, get going, let's get going. Let's get going, move. Okay, so Hashem gives these tribulations so a person has to fold, he has to call in the reserves of his spiritual strength to handle that health challenge, to handle that financial challenge, to handle maybe he's got a health challenge and a financial challenge together. Well, a person can't handle that if he doesn't call in the reserves. That's the reserve strength. Where's your reserve strength? Hashem, help me. Hashem, help me. And this is, is every single age. It's at 25 and it's 35 and it's at 75 and it's at 85. As long as you're in the world. And that's what Rabbi Nachman says, as long as the candle is burning, you can still correct. As long as the candle is burning, that means that the candle is a metaphor of the human soul. 
and Hashemus hasn't extinguished that candle, you can still go. Okay, so last week, we learned how a person can actually nullify his or her evil inclination. That that enemy, you can you can nullify him. You can throw a knockout to him. Uh, the evil inclination feeds off the spiritually contaminated blood in the left side of the heart, as Rabbi Nachman told us. And we learn that tshuva, it's not just a one-time affair. person does tshuva one time, and he goes to synagogue on Yom Kippur, and says, I'm sorry for what I did all year long, Hashem, and then expect that the blood leave the left side of his heart. Sorry, Charlie, it doesn't work like that way. Have to go, oh, tshuva, over and over and over. So since tshuva elevates a person, now the person's on a higher spiritual level. He or she has to do tshuva on the lower level tshuva that they did a day ago, a week ago, or a year ago. Because that now that on this level, what their tshuva, their old tshuva, was inadequate for where they are now. So they have to do new tshuva. Now this week, uh, we're going to learn that a person has to function in two types of situations. Uh, most everybody knows how to function in favorable times. You know, they say the good time, Charlie, and everything, everything is wonderful. Everything is easy. Everything's hunky-dory. No, that's not getting close to Hashem. Hashem turns around, turns things around, and things are on the unfavorable side. And people don't want unfavorable things in their lives. And so with unfavorable things, how many people reach for the alcohol, for the tobacco, for the drugs, for the substances, for other types of cheap thrills, just to turn off the difficulties? What they're doing is they're turning off Hashem's light. Hashem, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Let me sit in front of the TV. Let me let me comfort zone. And then there's people that would they unfortunately when they left the world. When they leave the world, they find out that they did nothing. And it's uh what's called in Hebrew, Olam. Now they're gonna have, instead of suffering a little bit of limited, limited suffering while they correct themselves, now they have permanent suffering forever. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Okay, so now when liquid him we're on. And look at the Hemoran, we are in the bottom of Ot Gimel. I'm going to read the first two sentences in Hebrew, then translate them. If you follow along, if you read Hebrew and English, what is Rabbi Nachman teaching us? Rabbi Nachman is drawing us, <coughs> excuse me, Rabbi Nachman is drawing on a passage of Zechariah, Zechariah in uh, chapter 14, verse 6. He says, on that day, in other words, what's on that day that he's referring to what day is he referring to? It's the day of the redemption, the day of the Gula. It's the day when Hashem re reveals himself. On that day, there will be neither bright light nor thick darkness. And so in the physical world, and what are we talking about? Maybe we see something bright light. What's a bright light? The light of the sun or thick darkness, say darkness and thick of, thick of night on a night where there's no moon. No. But Rabbi Nachman says, the light which is considered bright in this world will be insignificant and dull in the world to come. He brings that from the Gemara tractate, Psachim, page 50a. So Rabbi Nachem Kinjus, he says, we therefore, in the world to come, person will merit a greater perception of Hashem's godliness. So people will be much more spiritually aware. So when you're, on, when you're spiritually aware, Let's imagine down in this world, you are a 100-watt light bulb. In the next world, you're going to be a 2,000-watt light bulb. Okay, so the little 100 watts that's going through the filament, for you in the next world, it's dullness. Because Hashem has given you 2,000 watts so that now you can 20 times, it's made more, more than 20 times. I'm just giving a little example. But more than 200 times, more than 2,000 times. That all of a sudden, the neshama, the soul, it escapes the jail of the body. This is one big prison. This flesh and blood, it's all a prison. And now, wow, the soul can bask in divine light. And you say, what, what I thought in Miami was bright light in the summer? 
<laughs> it's darkness up here. It's darkness up here. You get a, a suntan from one second of basking in Hashem's bright light. And what's darkness on, on the other side, what a person thought was darkness and bleakness in this world, uh-oh. If he's one of the people that doesn't work on himself and he gets sent down to the netherworld, oh, my friend, you don't understand what darkness is. The darkness is a thick, not like uh, thick as fog. It's thick like metal, like being caught in the middle of a, a metal wall or a concrete wall. It's, re it's really because that's the spiritual world. The light in the spiritual world is umpteen times lighter, but the darkness is so much darker because people have a greater perception of godliness. Now, even the people that are sent down to purgatory, their souls are released from their body. And now they realize what embarrassment. What did I do with my 120 years on earth? And I like I cared about I cared about football. I cared about business. I cared about uh, <laughs> gambling. I cared about uh, fun and games. I cared about vacations. Didn't look anything for Hashem. Didn't wait for his soul. Now he sees. He didn't want to believe in Hashem because he wanted to believe the show. The Torah clipped his wings. The Torah says you can't do A, you can't do B, you can't do C. Okay, but now he's in big trouble because he sees that Hashem is truth. Okay, so you don't have anything. You don't have any capability. You didn't prepare any type of vessel for divine light. So he gets the darkness. So these people have remorse and re unbelievable remorse. And now they say it's too late. It's too late to, to repent. Next world is too late to repent. But they're, they're in sick with remorse. But up in the upper world, that the people with the 2,000 watt neshamas, the 2,000 watt, they're the people that did all the time, went higher, went higher, did tshuva after tshuva, after tshuva, after tshuva. And their only regret is that they do more tshuva. Their only regret, when they see the reward, why did I do more? I took, as I took a coffee break, I took care, why did I do more? Why did I do more? That's the only regret. Because they see that everything in this world all our perception, even our, our, our Torah lesson here. Well, here, this Torah lesson in the next world, we're trying our best to teach Torah, to learn Torah in a way we can understand it. But this is all materialism compared to the Torah in the next world. But we do the best we can. But this is the great challenge here is the souls in the next world, they don't have to fight their way through the, the prison walls to learn Torah. We're fighting our way through the prison walls. Here we are. Uh, we have our animal body trying to bring down our angelic soul. The angels, they don't have that problem. The souls up in heaven don't have that problem because they're now free. The angelic body. That's why the reward for learning Torah and the word for tshuva and the word for reward for prayer are so great in this world. We go on to the next paragraph. Zekeilu kibdu bochu Rabbi Nachman, when he teaches, Rabbi Nachman with his amazing mind, he's assuming that we've internalized and learned what we learned at some point slowly, because he's now drawing on things we've learned in the first two lessons. So when we do tshuva on our old tshuva, we're not even doing tshuva on the transgression anymore. We're doing tshuva on our old tshuva. In other words, let's say that I had a standard for myself for what my kavona, what my intent should be in prayer. And I said, I'm going to get stronger. And then, okay, then my, my old prayers are not good because I'm stronger now. Hashem, I'm sorry that in the past, I didn't pray with the same intent. I allowed myself to look around. Myself, no, I decided, took upon myself that I'm trying to keep my head down and not look around who's coming in the shoal, who's not coming in the shoal, what's going on here, what's going on there. Do tshuva for that. But now, when I could something even stronger, they have to do tshuva on the old, old tshuva. And every time I do tshuva on the old tshuva, do you remember that Rebbe Nachman taught us in the very first lesson there are two types of prestige, two types of honor. Kavod malachim, the honor of kings, that this is received from man. And, but the problem is with kavod malachim, the honor of kings, 
everybody appeals against that. Everybody has a complaint. Does this guy deserve it? Does this woman deserve that? The second type of kavod, the second type of prestige is kavod eloki. This is the type of prestige that Moses, King David, uh, the greats of our generation, that there's no election. In other words, uh, Rabbi Chaim Kinevsky never ran an election and he's going to be uh, the Tom, Talmudic scholar of the generation. Ramosha Feinstein, who in the last generation was the greatest rabbi, raises rabbinical rule in America, he never stood to election that uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be the, the head. Rabbi Wolby's grandfather, Rabbi Shlomo Wolby, who was the head of the Musa, the ethics movement, he says he's one of the most renowned ethics rabbi of his generation. Um, he didn't stand to election. Okay, we're not going to elect an ethics rabbi. No, this is kavod eloki. But everybody respects and everybody honest because this is kavod, this is prestige that Hashem gave him. And the thing with the, the, about the Hashem's prestige, nobody, nobody can argue about it. Nobody can appeal it. And if somebody tries to argue about it, somebody tries to argue about Moses' prestige, like Korah, uh-oh, you better be back off because the ground going to swallow him up. Even people... The chase King David, everybody, like we learned a moon hour, everybody that pursued King David, persecuted King David, uh, maybe they had a, a couple of days or weeks or months of success. They all ended up with untimely, tragic deaths because King David was Hashem's anointed. He got his prestige. He didn't run for office to be king of Israel. He didn't run for office to be Mashiach. Hashem told Kings told Prophet Samuel, you anoint him. This is kavod eloki. That when someone is, uh, he didn't get, it's, it's, it's not the, the rank he has on his, on his shoulders. You see a person walk around in the army uh, with the rank, not every officer is worth, but you, you can't say anything to him because he's got, he's got his kavod malachim. He's got his human, he's got his human prestige. And as long as he's wearing the shirt with his rank, Okay, that's he gets respected. He gets respected, but then uh, once that shirt comes off, or once he's out of the army, a lot of people don't look twice at him. Now, here's the same thing. Why did I remind us of this principle of the two types of honor, the two types of prestige? I see honor and prestige interchangeably. The honor of kings that retained from people, and the honor of the divine honor that's attained only from Hashem, because Rabbi Nachman now teaches us. That this second type of tshuva, when a person does tshuva on his first tshuva, he says, the first tshuva, first tshuva, this has the weight, according to the honor, this has the weight of the honor of kings. First tshuva, when a person is, is doing tshuva because maybe it's unacceptable in his community and maybe nothing to do or doesn't want to get the book thrown at him. But once a person does tshuva on the first tshuva, he goes a higher level tshuva. He now, it's as if he honored Hashem in both worlds, in this world and the next world. Because when he slaughters his evil inclination, Rabbi Nachman says, When a person slaughters evil inclination, that's like first tshuva. Okay, but slaughtered the evil inclination that is not yet getting the blood of the evil inclination out of the left side of your heart, like King David succeeded in doing. Okay, that's comparison to the honor of this world. The honor of kings. But when someone confesses to Hashem about his sins, after, after he does his tshuva, it's a second tshuva on the first tshuva. Now there's not enough person say, okay, he slaughtered his yetzer down the road, that's it, I'm finished, I've done my thing. No, there's not enough. Hashem, you know what I did wrong? And Hashem, I know I told you about it yesterday, but I feel so much. Since I get rid of that, I feel closer to you, and I feel like I, I, my truth didn't do enough. I got to tell you again. I got to tell you again. Ah, oh, so wait a second. Hashem said, wait a second. You're, you're honoring me. You're honoring me by cleansing yourself. In other words, what do you do when you go to somebody you love and you're invited for dinner? You put on your best clothes, you go this, and this way you honor them. You wouldn't go to a nice dinner invitation with, with torn jeans or a, a dirty shirt. You wouldn't do that. You come in your, your best clothes, this you honor them. So here we cleanse our neshama 
and we're honoring Hashem with our new clean clothes. So when we do tshuva on the first tshuva, it's not only honoring Hashem in this world, it's honoring Hashem in the next world. And Rabbi Nachman says that is equivalent to divine honor. And a person that does a second repentance, that corresponds to the glory of the world to come. A person who does that second repentance is bringing upon himself or herself a divine glow, a divine illumination. That's it, mamash. It's it's really it's literally Hashem's glory. Why? Because the material world is coarse compared to the spiritual world, and a person's initial tshuva is very very coarse compared to a subsequent tshuva. For example, take a guy that learns for the first time that he shouldn't be looking at other women, anybody other than his wife. He says, well, I don't touch him. No, no, no. The Torah says you don't look at them. Oh, yeah? Oh, boy. <laughs> person does shuv on that. But after a person gets closer to Hashem, just to think, but to, to, to do something that would upset Hashem, and he can't do that. And then he starts thinking back, wait a second, maybe I didn't clean myself enough. So he goes and talks to Hashem. Hashem, you know, I know I've told you about this, but this has been a while since we talked about that. Hashem, help me cleanse all the spiritual impurity I brought upon my own soul with my own transgressions. And a person comes back to Hashem like that, that is like respecting Hashem in the next world. His first tshuva is respecting Hashem in this world. But the second tshuva is respecting Hashem in the next world because he's now expanding his neshama. So in the next world, he'll be able to get all that more light. In other words, when you do the second tshuva, you're, expand, you're investing in yourself in the world to come. That's a great investment. It's a wonderful, wonderful investment. Uh, so we continue on. I'm sorry for being long in the fire. I had to say the paragraph once. I couldn't dissect it once. But now we'll bring the whole idea. We learned last week that uh, before a person does tshuva, a person is not yet a human being. Because we learned that uh, the human being is the only creature on earth that has the two components of animal body and angelic soul, divine soul. Okay, the only ones that have that. So if a person has not yet done tshuva, as far as a human being, oh yeah, he might live and breathe, but animals live and breathe. He can eat and sleep, animals live and sleep. Okay, he can have a partner and procreate, but animals do that too. You can do all the things that animals do. Animals hunt for food, he hunts for food. Okay, maybe he hunts for food with Wall Street, but he's still an animal. <laughs> Wall Street. Until a person makes penitence, until a person makes tshuva, He's still a behema. He's still a, a, a beast. There's a joke in Hebrew that uh, a person that has a BA and an MA and hasn't learned the laws of Torah is a behema. <laughs> B-A-M-A, behema. But it, it's a play on words with a, a, a beast of burden. Uh, you have a holy soul and you haven't activated that holy soul as long as a person hasn't done tshuva. So only activating the body Sorry, my brother and my sister, you're still down on the level of an animal. Okay, so now Rabbi Nachman explains to us that as soon as a person makes tshuva, he invokes the divine name of Ekye, Aleph He Yud He, which means I will be. In other words, you he prepared to become a human being. This is a preparation for becoming a human being. Now, what is the magic of the word, of, of the holy name, Ekye? The holy name, Ekye, is the word, it, it's the Shem. Every 10 spheres in godliness, in Kabbalah, every 10 spheres has its own separate name. E-H-Y-E-H, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, 
That is the holy name of the sphere of Keter, which is the highest. We have no, that's even comes before Chabad, before Chachma Bin Adat. That is the highest, highest, highest. We have no knowledge of, the, this is a crown, Hashem's crown. But this is an illumination of divine light. It's Hashem activating the soul. It's as if you bought a computer program and you paid for it. And now the, the program company sends you, the software some sends you a license and you activate a license. Okay, so the tshuva is like a license. And now Hashem activates your license. Uh, tshuva activates your soul and Hashem activates your soul. How does he activate your soul and bring your vitality to the soul? To someplace that nobody ever understands. Hashem takes an illumination from the highest point in godliness, the keter, the crown, and brings that light all the way down to the spheres until it gets right to you. You become a person. Become a person. So before tshuva, a person is it's still, still it's not a non-being. doesn't exist. Okay. And Rabbi Nachman says, we learned what King David taught us, uh, that Shuva also is a aspect of silence. When we take, this is how we killed, how we learned to kill the evil inclination. When in the face, Hashem will send us, it's a lovely punishment, a lovely punishment, a better punishment than health, a better punishment than bankruptcy. When Hashem sends us somebody to give a juicy insult and it's a front on our prestige, an affront on our honor. Okay, so what's the big deal? If somebody cares about Hashem's honor, and if somebody's truly humble, you don't care about his honor anyway. Okay, and thank you. Thank you, my bro. Thank you, my bro, that you didn't steal my money. Thank you, my bro, that you didn't beat me up. Thank you, my bro. Okay, you just said I'm, a, I'm an incapu. You, you said I'm a donkey. Okay, so put my saddle on my back and you can ride on my back, all right? <laughs> no, I'm going to argue with you. So, But even when a person is quiet, when a person is quiet, he takes... The blood, which is dam, there is Hebrews, Hebrew have vowels and consonants. The consonant is dalid mem, the vowel is a patach under the dalid. And he turns it into dom, which is a dot on top of the dalid, cholim. Dom, in other words, silence in the face of verbal abuse, insult, humiliation, disparagement, shame in public, cleans a person's soul unbelievable. That there aren't all types of your self-flagellation, person whip himself and a person roll in the anthill in the summer and 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 dive into a to a, 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 a in the Arctic in the Baltic Sea or been uh, somewhere in, in Siberia in the middle of winter, go into an icy pool, immerse himself in a this does not have the value of cleansing the soul, like being silent in the face of verbal abuse. Okay, so this takes, this does a complete operation. It chokes the blood, the contaminated blood. That is the contaminated blood in the left side of her heart. That is the blood that a person used to go against Hashem's will. That blood becomes contaminated. When you, you do a mitzvah, the blood goes to the right side of the heart. I'm talking about spiritual cardiology. When a person does a transgression, the blood throws through the left side of the heart because that's where the evil inclination controls. Now, a person came to Shul on Shabbat and somebody stood up in front of 500 people at Shul and said, hey, look at the idiot here. Wow, that is super embarrassment. Now, the, the poor guy that did the insulting, he's going to burn. <laughs> he's going to burn. Don't be jealous of him. But the person who accepts the insult with silence, he just now succeeded in slaughtering his evil inclination. Okay, so that's the Dam Ladom. Dam is blood, Dom is silence. Okay, so when King David says in Psalm 50, I kept silent when you did these things. In other words, King David, all types of time when he was insulted and he just kept silent. And so a person might think, well, wait a second. Uh, no, this is Hashem talking. Hashem says to the sinner, I kept silent when you did these things. So why is Hashem getting silent? Uh, when a person sins, that's, that's insulting Hashem. So when Hashem is insulting, Hashem is correcting himself. Hashem has blood in the left side of his heart. Hashem has evil inclination. No, it can't be. 
Can't be, we can't say that. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid. So Hashem means something else in Psalm 50 and verse 21. So what he's saying, then he says that the verse continues, I will rebuke you and lay out the whole case before your eyes. Shem says, can you imagine if someone would sin and right away, boom, Hashem would send a bolt of lightning or a hatchet down the person's throat, people would be Pavlov's dogs. There would be no free, free choice. Okay, so Hashem sits back, waits for a person to do tshuva. But Hashem says just because he is silent with Hashem, Hashem's silence is not the light of Ekya. Okay, Hashem's silence is the light. Sometimes it could be compassion and sometimes it could be mercy. Sometimes it could be chesed, sometimes it could be kavura. Uh, for a good person, when Hashem is silent, that's chesed because Hashem knows that the person's crazy now, it's mixed up. And I know he did something. He he cursed because somebody just pushed his buttons in a, in a way he couldn't. He's not on that high spiritual level yet. But I know he's going to do Ibudu tomorrow, and he's going to ask me for forgiveness. So Shem says, "Why should I give him a double whammy for 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 saying that these uh, epithets?" And he's going to do. So sure enough, he wakes up tomorrow, and he says, "Oh man, this assessment. Oh wow, wow, wow. I better I better run to Hashem." Hashem, I really blew it yesterday. I really blew it. Ah, this is what Hashem wants for. So it turns out for this guy, this good guy, Hashem's silence, while I was transgressing, this was chesed. This was compassion. But for the low life, Hashem is silent. Okay, the guy says, oh, there's no Hashem in the world. You see, I do whatever I want. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid. I do whatever I want, and I get away with it. Ooh. Hashem says, okay, that's fine. For now, we'll be silent. And they say, wait a second, people ask, what's this guy low life? Everybody knows he's a murderer. The cops haven't caught him. He's head of the, he's head of the mafia, and he, he drives a, a, a big long black Mercedes, and he's got full money coming out of his ears. And here you got this uh scholar, Sadik, upright, and barely has money for for. Bread and wine on Shabbat for what's going on here? They don't understand. Huh? Hold it. You don't have Hashem's printout up in the heavenly court. This guy is going to come up and he is going to get the worst place down in the thick darkness. Hey, what about this? What about this? No, Hashem says, I was quiet. I gave you all your rewards in the world. That Mercedes, you didn't deserve it. You got it. That big house on the hill, you didn't deserve it. You got it. A wife, you didn't deserve it. You got it. Kids, you deserve it. You got it. Okay. For any little thing you did, you once gave a coin to charity, I repaid for you in this world. It is not good when Hashem pays us for our mitzvahs in this world because we'll get it in the next world. That's why honor, human honor, is not good because the soul thrives on honor. And when the soul gets honor, oh, look at this person. And they, 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 he gave a million dollars in charity. And at the Saturday night beloved Malka dinner, everybody applauds him. Hey, run away from that. Don't go to that dinner. Don't let people know that, that you gave the, the, the million dollars because now you're getting, this is your reward. Everybody's applauding you. You're getting honor. You're getting prestige. So you get up in the next world. Hey, I, I, I built that new synagogue for a million dollars. Excuse me, young lady, young man, you got your reward already. What do you mean? Oh, they had that honor, the testimonial dinner, and you got this, you got the flesh and blood honor. Okay, you want that? So there's nothing left. Hashem would have given you his honor, but it shows that the way you enjoyed it so much, that you did this for yourself, for your own honor, and not for Hashem's honor. And that's where the humiliation comes. If a person can hear himself being insulted and humiliated, and say, okay, that's what Hashem wants. Oh, but wait a second. Take that same person and say something, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, nasty about Hashem. Forget it. Guys in full combat gear. Forget it. You're not going to talk about my father in heaven like that. The same person, the same person that will accept his own insult and hear somebody blaspheme Hashem, guy's going to be a lion. The guy is going to be ferocious. He's going to be lethal. He's going to be a lion. All right. This is true. This is, he cares about Hashem's honor. He doesn't care about his honor. He cares about Shem's honor. <laughs> Why? This is flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. They think of my big honor. 
uh, hey, wait a second. Uh, do you know that little room with the, the water where you you flush? I, I have to visit that uh, several times a day. I'm, I'm such a great, <laughs> you know, what the word, a bag of, a bag of gook, big bag of gook. If there's anything that is respectable about me or honor about me, it's the divine soul that Hashem gave me. So whatever I invest in that divine soul, that's good. So we see with us, there's an aspect of our, so our silence is gives us our spiritual vitality. Hashem's silence is a complete different deal. Don't mix up Hashem's silence with our silence. Because once again, Hashem's silence, our silence invokes Keter. And Hashem's silence either comes from his mercy or his stern judgment. Uh, that's why the Gemara says, if you have 40 days in a row with no problems, you better start being worried. Uh-oh. Why is Hashem doing this to me? What do you mean? Why is, why is life so hunky-dory? What's going on? So if you've got health challenges and you've got all kinds of other challenges and maybe your wife doesn't talk to you so nice, your husband doesn't so polite or this and that, and Hashem loves you. My sister, my brother, Hashem loves you. You think those very big troubles that you have, it's because Hashem loves you. And despite those troubles, and you're learning Likute Moran with all your troubles, wow, Hashem really loves you, guaranteed. Okay, so there, a person is that this, with Hashem's silence, it could be work the, the exact opposite. For a bad person, it's going to be punishment in the next world. For a good person, and it'll be... It'll be a reward. And that's what King David said when he mentioned that Hashem will be silent. He said, I'll rebuke you and lay it right before your eyes. So if Hashem, when Hashem rebukes us and he gives us tribulations, Hashem is cleaning us up. It's because he loves us. But if Hashem doesn't rebuke us, uh-oh. Why isn't Hashem? What do I say, Hashem? It's just the, the worst thing. I'd, I'd much rather someone yell at me than ignore me. They ignore Hashem. Dude, this is why King David, in Psalm 23, when he says, Shiftacha Mishantacha, he says, Hashem, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's he talking about? That the rod is when, that's the punishing rod. Hashem, when you punish me, it comforts me because I know you're here. And the staff, when I can lean on you, like an old man leans on a walking stick, that's a staff. That comforts me too. Of course, they both comfort me. But what comforts me, it doesn't matter to me, King David says. Hashem, whether you punish me or whether you hug me, the important thing is be with me. In Psalm 51, King David says his biggest fear. Hashem, don't throw me away from you. Don't cast me away from you. And don't take my Holy Spirit from you. That the peace that, that, that this, this is what it means to be your son. Because you gave me a tiny part that the spark, which is my life spark, my nefesh, my ruach, my neshamats part comes from you. Okay, that's where end Well, now we go to Ot Dalid. Okay, in Likute Moran, we're in letter Dalid Torah 6. Okay, in Hebrew, this is one of Rabbi Nachman's cardinal teachings, the whole Likotei Moran, and we're not going to run. When a person wants to walk the pathways of repentance, he must be abreast in halacha. <laughs> because if a person doesn't know Allah doesn't know the laws. If he doesn't know the 613 laws, if he doesn't know the seven Noahide laws, if a person doesn't know his Noahide laws, how can you know what you're transgressing or not? And so even for a Jew and a Noahide, I strongly suggest, so many people are walking around, Noahide, they never learned it. Pick up a copy of Emunah and the Noahide, and, and you see exactly what a Jew needs to know, exactly what a, a Noahide needs to know. And this is preparation for tshuva. Because Rabbi Nachman says that uh, to do tshuva properly, that a person has to know what is his or her responsibilities are. And if this person must be abreast in halacha, and abreast is called baki in Hebrew. And Rabbi Nachman says you need new types of bakiyas, two types of being a baki. A person needs two types of abreast. Hainu baki beratso, baki That you must know how to act when things are up. 
and how to act when things are down. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a lot easier to act when things are up than they are down. But even that is a challenge too. When people they think, oh yeah, it's easy, but no. How many people, when things are good, where it's Fat City or Good Time Charlie, how many people think, well, I'm Muhammad Ali, fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. There's nobody like me. And they become arrogant with their nose high and high and high in the air. Okay, that's dangerous because the higher the nose goes up in the air, the lower it must fall. Okay, and that's uh, Hashem loves a person. Hashem doesn't want a person to be arrogant. So that means that the down that's on the way, it's going to be a more difficult down. It's going to be a crash landing. But if a person holds himself or herself in humility and things are good, it's not because of me, it's because of Hashem. Hashem is so great. Hashem gave me the success. Hashem gave me this. It's all Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. So he would have his downs. His downs are going to be like he's standing up and he's sitting down. It's not going to be crashed. It's going to be knocked to the floor. Uh, that's a big difference. So a person needs, Rabbi Nachman says, a person must be abreast and being up and abreast and being down. Like it says in the Zohar, happy is the person that goes in and goes out. What's the Zohar mean? Goes in and goes out. Goes in means like getting closer to Hashem, going into the inner chamber. That's an aspect of going up. And going out is a person goes away from Hashem and that means he's going down. Let me explain to the Zohar. This is Zohar. It, it's cryptic. This way Rabbi Shemoy Yahai talks in the Zohar. It needs explanation. Let me go in and go out. Sometimes, let's suppose you've been learning Torah for the last three years. And you've been praying with all your might, better and better and better for the last three years. And now you have a setback. And wow, you say, Hashem is so far. I, I, I hear this from people all the time. Rabbi, how could it be that I'm so far from Hashem? I say, here's the thing. You're much more sensitive to Hashem than you were three years ago. So even your setback from today is higher than your high from last year. For here's the way it works. It works like this. If I make a graph, I don't have a chance to make a graph. Busy week, but we go on a high, then we go on a low. Our next high is even higher, and our next low is maybe level of previous high. It's not a crash landing unless somebody has a complete crash landing. Okay. And this is what King David says. King David says something amazing in Psalm 139. Uh, and this no people in the modern psychology, person's bipolar, person's bipolar. Tell the psychologist, didn't you learn? Every single human being is bipolar. Rabbi Nachman says it right here in Torah 6, that we have to ups and downs. So what's wrong? Because I've got ups and downs and not an evil lead. No, it's an evil, a zombie, someone that's not alive. Is it emotionally evil? Again, a person has happiness. The heart is expansion and contraction. The lungs are expansion and contraction. Everything to get the blood, the blood through the body, that's expansion and contraction. This is the way the body works. So what is King David said in 139? We're talking about Hashem's Mashiach. We're talking about the greatest spiritual guide that ever lived. We're talking about the greatest spiritual awareness that ever lived. The author of the Psalms. The, the four, one of the four people in history closest to Hashem. King David says in Psalm 139, King David says, if I'm flying so high and I'm up way high in the sky in the stratosphere, well, there you are, Hashem. I can see you. And King David says, if I'm so low, I'm down at the deepest Sheol. I'm at rock bottom, talking about the seventh compartment of purgatory, of Gehenna. He sees Hashem down there too. Because there can be nothing, there can't be anything, there's no existence without the light of Hashem. So King David says, the fact that I see Hashem on my highs, this is what Rabbi Nachman says. Rabbi Nachman says what King David was talking about, 
when I'm flying high in the sky, that is the up times. King David talking about up times. And Rabbi Nachman says when King David is said, talking about uh, when I'm so low, down on the darkest perter, that's the down times. The fact that King David could see Hashem in the up times and the down times, this is his emotional stability. I've got Hashem. I've got Hashem. I've got Hashem always. Hashem, that then this is what he says in Psalm 16. Shiviti Hashem Lanegdi Tamid. I see Hashem before me always. And once again, to read what I said in Psalm 51, that he's so scared. This is for King David to be disconnected from Hashem. It's like a person who's on kidney dialysis. Somebody goes, turns off the machine. Or a person who can't breathe on his own. He's on a respirator. Turn that off. That's, that's for King David. Hashem is his respirator. Hashem beats his heart. Hashem makes his lungs work. And King David knew that. Hashem, do whatever you want in my life. I'm yours to my life. My mom, I'm all here to serve you. That's what it's all about. Hashem, do whatever you want. Just do not leave me. That's all. I got one request in life. Do not leave me. After that, it's all commentary. Hashem, do not leave me. I just need to have you with me all the time. That's it. That's it. And this is what Rabbi Nachman is teaching us. So Rabbi Nachman says when a person wants to walk the pathways of repentance, he's got to be an expert in ups. In other words, things are good. Okay, but you have to know that the world is round. Like we saw, the world is round. It's not square. The world is round. What goes up comes down. And this is the encouragement when you're down. Don't worry if you don't have money today and if you're sick tomorrow, you're going to be healthy. Tomorrow, you are going to have money. Done. And when you're a big man on the campus and you're working out, you've got a lot of wads of bills in your wallet. And if you've got the six-pack abs and the 21-inch biceps and everybody's ooh, ah, and at, at the gym and you're walking on Muscle Beach, hold it, buddy. Hold it. One little virus. One little coronavirus and it gets into your nostril. One little you're, you, you're going to be down. You're going to have some downtime. Don't be so, put your nose down. Put your, put your shirt back on and put your nose down. That's going to do two things. Okay. <laughs> Don't be, that's what, that, what it means that we have to know how to act when we're up and not to be arrogant. Just in person, like some people they are up, they see somebody, some exactly, see, it's on, it's on his or her down cycle. And so they look down at them. Oh, do not do that. Because you do that, uh-uh. It's going to happen to you right there because the world is like round and things turns around. And if you ever seen a, a scholastic, a, a collegiate wrestling match, sometimes guy's about to pin, the other guy doesn't walk, but turns him right over. This is exactly what Hashem does. It's a 180. And you have to be very, very careful. So when you're down, don't worry. Things are going to go up. When you're up, don't be complacent. Don't be arrogant because we have to continue going up and we can't go up. You can't go up from the top of the Ferris wheel. That uh, in order to go up and a stronger up, then you got to go down first. Then we go way back up again. Okay. This is what King David is teaching us that we have to be uh, abreast and how we act in the up times and how we act in the down times. So one thing message I want to engrave on your hearts Cherish brothers and sisters, don't worry about the down times. Do not worry about the down times. You just you got a downtime, you talk to Hashem. I said this morning, I've been having this a couple of weeks. The weather in Israel has been very wet and it's been terrible flu viruses. And I had this viral bronchitis this morning. I did not have a voice. I could not stop coughing this court. So what do I need a voice for? What do I need a voice for? To, to sing an opera? Is a laser bro to the opera singer? No. Hashem, we got to learn Likute Moran tonight. So what do you want me to do, Hashem? You want me to send a letter to the group? Okay, I can't speak. We cancel the lesson. Hashem, how many people will see that lesson? Is this what you want, Hashem? It's not for my honor. Oh my, everybody knows Everybody knows I'm an incapoop. This is your honor. It's all for you, Hashem. All for the boss. 15 minutes before this year started, cup of hot tea and I didn't even finish the cup of hot tea. By the time he came on, he's still half of it is still left. Half a cup of hot tea and got enough of a good enough voice to, to say a lesson. 
Once the lesson's over, that's the whole thing. It's not, it's all for the boss. It's all we think about Hashem. So the high times, they're not my successes. And the low times, not my failures. It's part of my growth to get closer to Hashem. Don't be upset from the down times. The down times, and I know I like to stay in good shape, like do my exercise, like to walk, to meet, but dude, since the last two weeks, not be able to do anything, but let's see what, what we need to do for Hashem's, for Hashem's prestige. And take the things, okay, so we need to prepare today's lesson. We need to learn today's Gemara. We need to learn to the, 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 say these prayers. We need to answer these letters and get to go. So, yeah, ask ourselves what to do Hashem. Let Hashem take care. I'm working for Hashem. If I'm a soldier in Hashem's army, I get to beg the, the commander for, for a rifle, beg him for ammo, beg him for food. No. If he wants me to fight, then I can't starve. I can't, I can't, can't be barehanded. That's it. Let me think about that. Don't be afraid. Beloved brothers and sisters, we're all brainwashed, socially oriented. Stay off the social media as much as you can. People looking for comfort and comfort and comfort and comfort. And it's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. So a person be spaced out from morning to night. So he's in comfort. But then that wears off. And then the person becomes suicidal because he or she doesn't have the tools to deal with this world so that's why it's so very important Rebbe Nachman is teaching us we have to get to know how to act when things don't go our way because it's all for the best and Hashem is doing this to bring us closer to him and this is the ultimate success in this world when Hashem brings us closer to him there is no greater success because this is our mission on earth so if Hashem gives us difficulties to make us stronger so that we can make tshuva and get closer to him and learn more Torah and pray more fervently and do more good deeds and correct the world, it's great. But imagine if Hashem gave everybody, you've got a bank account full of money and you've got a yacht down in Bermuda and you've got uh, great health and everything. This has got everything. He or she's going to think they don't need Hashem. That is the worst case scenario. If our whole mission is to get close to Hashem and for the thought that a person doesn't need Hashem, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, there could be no, 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 no greater tragedy. We're going to hold up here, Bezat Hashem, and next week we're going to start with our Ari Ladodi Vidoli from Shira Shrim. Meanwhile, everybody should have a wonderful week with higher highs and very temporary lows just get higher we shall be closer to shem and we should see mashiach sitkenu spill our days amen